Different no setup this morning. No whoop no, for that. No whoop. No whoop for that. No whoop. I like that music. No yeehaws either. No, no more. Ye- no more yeehaws. So saith Pastor Lori. Aww. <laughs> church it is throws a church me. without a yeehaw. <laughs> we are in shadow boxing. This is week four, and I'm Pastor Scott, and this is Pastor Lori, and we are excited to wear a little different setup. Uh, before we get into the meat of the sermon, we also want to acknowledge this is a special holiday uh, for some. It is a, it was a memorable day for many of us, and for some of us, it's, it's one that we look back with some sense of dread and fear and, and hard memories. And so I'd like to pray over all of us, uh, both in this room, especially those affected personally by the tragedy so many years ago. Uh, there's times where these holidays fall on Sundays, and I think it's time and it's good to set aside just a moment to pray for those. So would you join me in prayer? Father, we thank you for bringing us here together this morning for the opportunity we have to worship you in spirit and truth, and for you to be a God who comforts us in those times of memory that are hard, those times where we look back upon events and still they don't make sense cognitively in our brains. That so many people, firefighters, rescue responders, so many individuals have been affected personally by knowing someone who knew someone or even personally knowing someone who was so devastated by the events of September 11th. And God, as we move forward, we do not forget. We pray for the God of peace and comfort, for a God who responds with injustice, with justice, who responds with terror, with love. We pray that that love would envelop us, surround us, and guide us each and every day as we heal from those events. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hard turn now. Back to shadow boxing. We are in week four and talking about teams and excited to kind of dialogue a little bit with wonderful Pastor Lori here and talking through, uh, we've talked in for first three weeks of this idea that we have a shadow self to ourselves that is the worst parts of the best parts of gifts that God has given us. So I'm a, a, a great speaker. I can use my speaking ability for evil, right? And that's, that's kind of the, the fun part of the, the gifts that God has given us. But there's also the good, the true self. And we've talked through in week one about what is my purpose. We talked in week two about finding rest, authentic rest, a Sabbath rest for ourselves. Appreciate Pastor Mike doing that. And then last week, making choices based upon our true self and not our shadow self. And so this week, we are going to team teach. I'm clearly representing the shadow side, right? The dark, bad. Is just going to keep talking that, over that. I'm just now no, realizing, no. it's just now clicking with me why he wanted to do this. So we were talking through the team idea, and so uh, obviously Lori and I have been a team and have done something that most uh, other churches have failed to do, which is successfully, that's hard to say, successfully okay. transition from one lead pastor to another. Before we get into, I want to ask the question and answer what or who is your team? What or who is your team? And that generally means that there is a team that we're all a part of, uh, that you're a part of the E3 team. Woohoo, yeehaw. Yeah, yeehaw, your service is where we're at now. And this idea that we are all enveloped in this community of people, that we have a team here, and that team has a true self and a shadow self. We're going to talk about that in a moment. But then secondly, that envelops into the term culture that we'll refer to back several times. The culture is that unsaid DNA 
that we say that we have a culture about this place. Four weeks ago, I don't know how many weeks ago, Sundays are all big ones, big Sunday, but several weeks ago I said the culture of E3 is subtly changing from innovation to intimacy, and that intimacy of that we know one another and we are a group that takes pride in knowing one another, and there's strengths and liabilities to that. So setting up those two ideas, I want to ask Lori, what qualities and abilities set our teams apart from other teams? And teams meaning you could be a part of the E3 team, you could have your family team, you could have your work team, you could have your football team. I think everybody lost yesterday is what I understand. Every single team lost yesterday from fans. But the idea, except for FSU somehow, and they didn't play. I see some Georgia fans over there that are disagreeing with you. Okay, also. good job. Yeah, well done. Well done, well done. <laughs> but this idea of, Lori, what is the qualities and abilities set some teams apart from other teams? Yeah, so I was thinking about this and praying about it, and I think um, you said, you know, that there are teams that we choose to be a part of, and those, I, the way I looked at that is, yes, the team of E3 or, you know, Go Seminoles. I mean, I'm a huge fan, um, so I feel like I'm a part of that team, even though clearly they don't have me in their starting lineup for obvious reasons. Um, but I, I was thinking in terms more of the teams that – that we intentionally create. So there have been just seasons of my life where I, I have finally learned and recognized the value of having a solid team around me. That is certainly my family, but also some intentional people, some friendships and relationships um, that I have chosen to be truth tellers in my life and to hold me accountable. And so when I think about team in that respect of, of the teams that we're trying to build, I think in terms of what are the qualities that I want to see in, in those people. Because uh, we are a part of teams that we don't have necessarily any control over, like, like in our families. Sometimes we have a Gator fan in our family, and we've had to overcome it. Um, <laughs> we love him, but, it, but still. Uh, so, yeah, so I was thinking in terms of, um, you know, the way that I have kind of cultivated that team is for myself is to look at those individuals and really kind of look at the fruit that is exhibited in their life you know are they the fruits of the spirit are they gentle are they kind are they do they seem to be peace filled um these are things that i am looking at and and those are people that i get i allow to have a, a greater voice in my life than just people who might be randomly placed right. in my life and on my team. And so relatedly, the, I guess the flip side of that is for those people who are just in, in your life for different, maybe it's in your workplace or in your classroom setting or in your family, um, you have to acknowledge that not everyone, just because they are a part of your team, gets to be a truth teller in your life. Hmm. Not everybody has the, uh, the wisdom and the um, should have the influence to speak into your life and to guide you in some way. So um, I think it's important to, like you started with, saying who is your team, who is on your team, and there will be players on your team that you have intentionally invited to the roster, and there will be other people who uh, just just happened to be there because of um, various reasons. So hopefully that. No, that makes complete that. sense. So in terms of our roles, we've also been able to really guide the staff team here at E3. There are some times where you cannot pick who's a part of your family. We'll get into that a little bit more. Um, but when you're, you're a person who doesn't get to choose who's a part of your team 
in any part of your life. I'm thinking of teenagers mm-hmm. who are rebelling against their their teen leaders, their parents. Um, there can be some really some hard moments, and I just saw some ribs get bumped there. There's some hard moments where people change over time and relationships change over time. And so when those happen and how that happens, how do you discern where maybe a person who is, has a trustworthy voice mm-hmm. needs to go sit in the back seat for a while or get kicked out of the car, using that analogy a little further, where they are no longer a safe person? How do you define that? It's funny because I, the, what I put in my notes here is DTR, define that relationship, understand what is happening in that person's life. And, you know, I can say that there, I can think of a couple of different instances in my life where uh, people have been in authority positions and, and mentoring, let's say, coaching even positions. Um, they were serving as guides in my life. And um, for various reasons, those roles had to change. And so I think it's important for us to acknowledge that sometimes it's necessary to reassign the roles. To, to move people into different positions. It doesn't mean that you have to cut them out of your life unless, they're, unless that it, it becomes a, an unhealthy situation. Right. Um, but again, those aren't necessarily the people that just because they might ha- used to have a, a position or a voice of authority in your life, they don't, they don't, that doesn't always have to be the case. Um, if things have changed, you need to be able to recognize that and say, this, this doesn't feel healthy to me anymore. Now, I'm not talking about when people just tell you things you don't want to hear that maybe you need to hear. I'm saying when you, when you say, you know, I think this person has, has some things going on in their life that are not healthy for them. And so maybe there's a role reversal. Mm-hmm. Maybe now I become a truth teller in their life. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, you, you do that. That should only be done relationally. So you should have that relationship with people. Um, but I think it's just very important for us to follow the Holy Spirit's guiding in that. You know, we, um, we have plenty of opportunities to hear everyone's opinion about our lives. Thank you, social media. Um, and we also have the opportunity to present exactly what we want the world to see. Again, thank you, social media. That We have to be able to say that's not necessarily reality. Usually it isn't. Um, and, and so we need to be intentional about the actual relationships and, you know, knowing who is this, this person. And Pastor Scott is a great example of that. You know, over this past year, we've had to learn, and we're going to talk some more about just the, the relationship building that we had to do so that there could be some team building. Um, but he is a truth teller in my life. He has a, a significant amount of influence and he allows me to speak into his into his life as well, in, in particularly in terms of this environment of the church. Um, so I, it's just important to understand at different times and in, dif- in different seasons of relationship who the players are on your team and what position they are in and understand that you have the freedom and, and really, I'd say, the responsibility to reassign those roles if it's necessary or when it's necessary. Absolutely. And even when there's Sorry. things that happen, like you get the wrong cord or your watch goes off because um, you say something close to Siri or you know, Alexa or whoever is don't your say, person. Yeah, don't, yeah. don't speak to her. She'll come back out. So there's, there's times where that happens. Um, and, and I think there's, biblically, there's a great 
amount uh, of, of perfect relationships with no roles changing ever in the Bible, right? I'm being sarcastic. Yes. Yeah, okay. I was say, I know, that's not the Bible that I've read. Yeah. It, I mean, it, when you look at the Bible, it is the guideline for how you have good relationships and good team building. But over and over and over, I'm just using the entire Bible here, from Old Testament to New Testament, you see roles change and reversed because people grow over time. They change over time. And thank God we do. Thank God we do. But you can't stick your same teammates in roles that they never change from or else they will disappoint you. You're going to see your kids grow up to teenagers, teenagers grow up to parents, and they're going to learn a lot about becoming a parent real quick, and they're going to realize that you maybe weren't so bad at the job that you did. Right, Lori? I mean, that's the hope. That's the hope. <laughs> that's, the, that's the prayer. And I think there's this, this, this sense that we say every relationship should f- define these same paths along its course. And we use the Bible very almost violently in saying a marriage has to be X. And then when marriage doesn't turn out to be X, we say that, that that team is broken. When in fact, the Bible says, hey, walk alongside people through their entire testimony. Saul becomes Paul. Moses, a convicted killer, becomes the savior of a people. I'm just giving you two quick biblical examples. And what I think the core of that is, and when you're dealing with your teens, and when people change, you have to give grace. Mm. You have to give grace. Um, we're going to kind of just do a little... Behind the music, BH1, or what was that, MTV? Yeah. yeah. Whatever, whatever it was. That's back in the good old days. I don't even know if they have those channels anymore. Um, <laughs> but this, this song, I think, embodies a lot of what we're, I'm trying to say is that grace has to be the driver of every team. And if, when it isn't, when it's expectations that you can't meet, you're going to find disappointment, and that shadow will just come out and eat up that team. So we're going to sing this. Uh, you're welcome to stand. You're welcome to stay seated. And either side of that expression of worship, we want you to to lift up your voices as we sing together, Good Grace. So let's talk about our in-laws a little bit. (laughs) Why are you laughing? We all have those people who are forced to have on our team. And I remember years back, I was working in a cubicle with four other people. And there was one person in particular where if I opened up Minesweeper she would cough really loudly. <laughs> I did not like her very much, but she was on my team because we shared a cubicle. And some of you know that world where you're in a cubicle with people you can't get out of. And so finally, I would just decide to play Minesweeper over and over and over and say, make her cough. It's not very healthy. Over the years of working alongside her, I realized that I had a say in my responsibilities as a either shadow side, Minesweeper, or my true side of helping her out because I was doing a lot of things that helped out her class that I realized I could make a huge impact in her life mm. by taking on the true self and the healthy side of that relationship versus constantly making her cough. It's like Pavlov's dogs. You ring the bell and they come eat. You make you pray the mind sweeper, they cough. It was not a healthy relationship and I was bringing out the dark side based on my choices mm. and it swayed her shadow. It made her a worse person or a better person based on how I responded. So, Lori, I'm asking you, how do you deal with people when you can't choose who they are on your team? You can't choose them on your team or not. Yeah. Um, so I kind of touched on this a, a minute ago. But, um, I, you know, I think for me, just a hard lesson that I've had to learn over really in the last couple of years um, prior to Scott being here. 
last few years prior to that, um, is that just because someone is in a position of authority, like your boss or your teacher, um, does not mean necessarily that they uh, should be your mentor or your coach. They might just have a position of authority, um, but but perhaps they they are not someone that that you should go to for for truth telling in your life. I, that old adage of you know don't don't accept criticism from people you'd never ask advice from. That's good. I, I feel like you have to understand who are who are these. Who are the people, um, again, when you know who your team is that you have positioned intentionally, then it helps you kind of call away the other voices that might think that they have the authority to speak into your life. And in some ways, I don't want to imply that they don't have authority because if they are, like I said, your teacher, your boss, um, you know, there are people who are in positions of power and, and positions of authority. Um, that does not mean that they should that that should be a voice that you give the same credence to as the close advisory friends and and relationships that you have empowered to hold you accountable and to speak truth to you um so again i think it comes down to understanding who people are and who they aren't um and and part of the way that i discern that and and again this is something that i've had to learn is through uh, listening to the Holy Spirit mm. guiding me and saying, you know, this, this is, this is truth. This is truth that's ha- coming at you right now. Listen to this. Or is there some kind of a check in my spirit that says, mm, this doesn't line up with what you know to be true. This doesn't li- line up with what you have learned. This doesn't line up with what other people who you have a trusted relationship with are telling you. And so um, it, I think it comes down to just because someone is in a title position of authority doesn't mean that they get to speak in some areas of your, or in all areas of your life, I should say. Yeah, that's really good. <clears throat> so in tying this back into shadow boxing a little bit, the idea that we all have a shadow <laughs> self and that shadow self is the worst part of, or the best parts of what God's given us. Um, that shadow self can come out for a variety of reasons, but a lot of times it's relationships that bring out the worst parts of who we are. And there's some times where you you can't control those relationships, as Lori just said, but there are times where you can. And the ability to impact another person's shadow is one that we sometimes do not realize that we have. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is just perception. For example, I can look just this way and I can say, yeah, there's about 60 people here at E3 today. And as much as you force me and want me to change my perception, I'm not going to even acknowledge these people exist. And that's what leaders can do. They can change your whole perceptions of what reality is. Mm -hmm. We know over the past two years there's been none of that in our country, right? (laughs) This idea that the shadow self can impact others is one of the most powerful drugs that we can take part in. And I can influence Lori as much as my kids, as much as thousands and even millions of people is a great weight and responsibility that we have to bear as humans, that we have a great sway over other people's true self or their shadow self. And so what I call it is calling bending one's shadow, that I can come across a person who is completely unhealthy, completely going by their own selfish, sinful desires, and as a Christian, and I think Lori hit the, 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 the nail on the head, the Holy Spirit can completely turn them around to a different person, a new creation. And I love that we are a church who embraces that, that 
none of us deserve God's grace by, by any of our own work, but it's only the work of the Spirit regenerating us into a new creation that we'll see that fulfilled someday. And the ability we have to do that in our teams is sometimes something we just take for granted. Like, ah, I come to Sunday, I sing the songs, I take the coffee, I put a 20 in the pyramid, which is a fun phrase to say in the church, <laughs> put a 20 in the pyramid, and I leave. And that's my, my, my normal liturgical pattern. There's nothing wrong with that. But to see yourself known and be made known mm -hmm. to a group of people, whether in a growth group, whether before church on a Sunday, whether you're, you're talking during the greeting time and meeting somebody brand new for the first time, you have an ability to shape who you want to become and who, more importantly, God wants you to become mm -hmm. based on the teams that you're placed in. Mm -hmm. So I'm almost preaching. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're good. I'm going to catch good. myself good there. Good points. How, Lori, over the past two seasons of change here at E3, and seasons is a kind of a general term, um, how do you see the spirit moving E3 and shaping kind of our shadow in that sense? Yeah, I think seasons has been a very helpful word at different times, at different seasons of my life, um, because it, it has helped me frame things of uh, times that are, intense and incredibly challenging in times that are, um, it's just easier to, to see the positive things, right? So, um, the, the last few years have been, I, I look at those as long seasons of preparation. Um, I, I remember saying to Scott and Carissa, not long after they had been here, that, that they are what E3 needed when we didn't even know that's what we needed. And so, um, Mainly Carissa, though. I'm sorry. Mainly Carissa. <laughs> Mainly Carissa, but yes, yes. but I, I felt like you know I, he signs my paycheck, so no, that's, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I actually don't. Just so I, he knows. doesn't. Actually, <laughs> I'm just teasing. Um, no, it, it just you know me and, and and my family. We you know I've said this before. We were we are founding members of this church, and yeah. so we've been here since the beginning, and we've needed different things in different seasons, and God has provided those things. But I think it was harder to see when those seasons were changing, meaning our needs were changing of what of what we needed. And so it wasn't until we got a, a Scott as a leader and, and coming in with his ideas and his energy that it was then it was, oh, this is a new season. And so I think those challenging seasons prior to you coming here were were just that they were very challenging. They were intense. They were difficult. They were pruning, which is never you know, that's always painful, um, but they were necessary and they were preparation. Mm. Um, and so I believe that that, that, you know, we had to learn, um, as we always do, we had to learn to trust that the Holy Spirit was guiding us through that, um, that we had to be committed to and, and relearn how to embrace our values. And, and one of those was how do we see the best in each other? How do we expect the best of each other and give them, give people the benefit of the doubt and uh, leading from that place. Um, and that takes trusting the Holy Spirit uh, and the Lord's strength for the strength for sure. Um, I, I, th I think it was really just um, embracing this new area of trusting someone, particularly someone that you don't know very well. And this was true for both of us. Mm -hmm. uh, and that took the Holy Spirit really working together in us separately, in all of the staff and, and all of the community, actually, um, to, 
to start, I mean, Scott could not have been effective if he had come in and we had not trusted him. I mean, that doesn't mean that in some areas that our guards might not have been up. And certainly, you know, I think um, I can speak for myself. I, I, I don't want to speak for the rest of the staff that there was because there was some healing that had to be done. And so it was difficult to just trust somebody that you didn't really know. It took a lot of prayer and and like I said, really leaning on the guiding of uh, the guidance of the Holy Spirit to say, this is someone you can trust mm-hmm. and go ahead and trust me enough to trust him. <laughs> trust, trust me as the Holy Spirit enough to trust him. And um, that was a very difficult. Uh, I, I say very difficult. I, I, it it took some intentionality. Um, I know uh, Pastor Mike and I had some conversations about that too. We prayed, just like the church did, we prayed before Scott came that God would bring the right person. And so then at a certain point, we had to put our money where our mouth was and said, I trust that God did Hmm. bring the right people here. Um, And so that's kind of how we had to, that's the work I feel like the Holy Spirit did in in me personally. Um, And I, I, you know, you can tell your story, um, but also in, in the community. So. Right. No, and I think that's, from my side, it was being told. I tried to sign on to a bunch of different teams over the course of, of several months and uh, in applying to other churches. I didn't know E3 from, from any other church in the nation. Mm-hmm. And so I applied for a variety of different roles because I knew God was telling me it's time to move, it's time to go, now is the time. And it's it's decimating when you're told no. Mm. You know, whether you're a, 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 two, a second grader on a, a pickup basketball team and you're told no, I understand that too. Or if you're, you know, 40, 50, 60 years old and you're trying to get on a new team and people keep telling you no. Uh, many of us have churches that we've tried to get a part of and the church as a church body says no because of a variety of ridiculous mm. reasons. And I love that we found a community here of, of church misfits in some ways. But the point of this is, is that being told no over and over and over and several of those interviews really did prepare me to come here and to realize the great gift that E3 is both to Tallahassee and to God's kingdom, mm-hmm. that it is a very special and unique place and one that I treasured long before I even took the first interview, um, that, that this, mm-hmm. this kind of a church expression is needed in God's kingdom. And it's a beautiful tapestry of people coming together. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to, I don't know how to segue easily into the next question, so I'm just going to segue <laughs> awkwardly. So, how do we exemplify health in our home and in our professional lives? Because there's this idea that we're on several teams all at the same time. Mm-hmm. I am both a husband and a father and a pastor preaching right now and a fan of the worst team in college football <laughs> all at the same time. <laughs> And those three things are very hard, sometimes very dizzying to realize that there are different needs in different moments so that you have to be attentive to. So how do you keep that health going, Lori, and, and speak personally and, and of your time, uh, both in all the different roles you've had here? Sure. Um, you know, I think it's, it's I can tell you that the, the, what I believe to be the right answer, and then I can tell you what I've done. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think you know the right answer. The right answer is is a is a commitment to growing and healing. And in, in a lot of ways, I have done that. It took me a little bit longer than I would have liked to get to that place of recognizing that's what was necessary. Um, but 
you know, embracing health on all levels is so incredibly important. And I shared a few weeks ago about just the, the you know, the state of my emotional health and some things that, that I have been going through and the very, very, you know, hard decisions and big decisions that I've had to make about being intentional, going to counseling, talking through a lot of things that, a lot of things that started from when I was a child. I mean, you know, that, that I, things that I have carried into, um, current relationships that I'm, that it's, that's being unlocked for me and how that has influenced, um, decisions that I've made and, and relationships that I've had. So personally, um, the way that I strive to exemplify that health, the way you worded the question is, I just have to keep checking in on my health in, on, at every level. Is this thing giving me peace or is this giving me stress and angst? And I mean, not all stress is bad stress, but um, is, this, is this situation toxic? Is there a way, a healthy way out of it? Or is it time to uh, cut that situation out and do something different? And, you know, for, for someone like me, that is really hard to do because I'm a keeper of people and relationships. And so it is difficult for me to acknowledge that this season has changed and and um, it is no longer healthy for me to be in that situation or that relationship especially. Um, but I, it has to be just a constant part of my prayer life. And, and again, that is where I will lean on some truth tellers, a couple of truth tellers in my life and say, how do you assess this situation? Knowing me, knowing how I'm experiencing this, does this seem like it's a growth challenge or does this seem like it's just not healthy? Hmm. That's well um, said. Sorry, I didn't mean. No, no, no. That's okay. yeah. Just making sure you're not done. Uh, and then, in terms of kind of as a segue to that, I've had the privilege of walking th- alongside you week by week by week by week, seeing the transition from you being an interim pastor that you're kind of forced in, not forced into. You were thrown into <laughs> is the right term. You were thrown into, and then making the choice of saying this isn't the role that I want to be in long term, and calling a Nebraskan you know, <laughs> to 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 come lead this church. So, I mean, practically, how's that transition been for you? for everybody else to see kind of pulling behind the curtain a bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you said when we started that, uh, you know, I, I personally feel that we have successfully, there's that word successfully yeah. done. Uh, something that's just not common. The, the data exists. We, Scott and I both have seen it. We talked about it. We were honest about it right from the get go. We talked about it in, in wise council that, Frankly, transitions, particularly at churches, transitions of authority or power generally don't go well uh, in terms of the person that is that is transitioning out of that position, being able to stay in the community and in the environment. And again, particularly in churches, it's it's unfortunate, but it's true that it doesn't usually go very well. Now, I attribute that success to the fact that uh, at least a huge part of it, Scott's just incredible humility um, coming in and his ability to really, he, he has spent the last year learning and listening and so for me, as a leader in this community and as a longtime owner in this community, that was incredibly important to me because while we had gone through some very difficult times, I was not, I was not interested in someone saying, let's just throw the baby out with the bathwater, that everything's been bad because everything hasn't been bad. There's been a lot of really good things that have happened through this community. I think you all probably have your own E3 stories that would attest to that. And so... It was important for me for for Scott to 
for me to see the respect that he has of our history, of the things that we've done well and of the things that we haven't done well. And even in those things, he didn't come in and, and criticize. It was more of just a kind of an unveiling of, hey, what if we try this and do this differently? And just that approach made it just easier for me to feel like, you know, I, I have said before, this, this church is like another one of my children. I feel like I've given birth to this place. And so trusting the person that I am putting that baby into their hands was, it was going to be difficult for me. But I, I just completely do. But it's, it's largely because of the way that you came in with energy and ideas. But, I mean, I remember when you came for your first visit, the, one of the first things that you did is you sat down with me and Mike and just talked. You just wanted to hear our stories. And that was just immediately so um, relationship building and so honoring of where we were and what we were going through even then. Right. Um, and that was just just hugely significant. I agree. And I loved hearing those stories. And I love to hear everybody's stories because it paints the picture of where things have been, where things are. And now I know we have a bunch of new people who have no idea about what we're talking about yes. with <laughs> yeah, the yeah. transition. And that's okay. I just realized that's, that. Yeah. yeah that's a, and that's great. I think it's it's a... It's been a remarkable experience where we've had several people in authority places who said, we're going to seek this out, and we're going to let God do a lot of the work behind the scenes of the spirit work, and we don't have to have strict boundaries. That said, there are also times where you have transitions where you do need those strict boundaries, mm -hmm. and we have felt those out. We have, mm -hmm. we have, we have figured it out as we've gone along, and uh, I just am been so, so amazingly blessed by this transition and by the work that you've done in both caring for the baby and slowly inch by inch handing it over to me if we're going to use that, that imagery um, and that if there's ever a issue um, we all have each other's backs mm -hmm. as a community of a team who will make sure that that baby never falls to the ground yeah. so uh, we're thankful for the transition uh, that, that Lori has been a part of and the ways in which you have served in so many facets in leading this team of people and uh, seeing this team evolve to new and, and fun ways. <laughs> so thank you for, for, for all the work you've done here. Thank you. We're going to transition. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. And that was the cue. To Scott, too. That was his. Um, so this next song that we're going to do, you guys are familiar. I was joking with the uh, with some people this morning that people know this song is the mm -mm -mm song because it's got mm's in it uh, throughout it. But the song, the reason we picked this song in particular for, for today is um, I first heard this song when we were in a challenging, we were coming to the end of the challenging season and the, the uh, bridge of the song is just, I'll follow you anywhere. And that was just a phrase that I had to keep um, saying and reminding myself that God, I do trust you. I do trust that you can bring beauty from ashes. I do trust that you do because I've seen it. And um, I will follow you. I will continue to just be faithful and follow you, trusting where you are taking us, even though I don't know the roadmap for that. So that's why we picked this song for, for this time. We're going to transition into communion now. It's an opportunity to physically identify with our team, but also acknowledge the leader of that team, that's Jesus Christ. And Jesus, as our team leader, didn't just give us rules and words, though he did through the four Gospels. 
He didn't just give us an advocate and helper, though he did through the Holy Spirit. He said, take me physically inside of you. Here at E3, we see the mystery that is communion. And for many of us, it means taking just a symbol. For some of us, it means taking Jesus himself into us. And for some of us, it's the Spirit's work and the transformation of taking something that is physically a symbol and having it mean so much more spiritually in our hearts and our minds. And so we invite you to take this time very seriously of identifying with Jesus as your team leader and as the person who wants to live inside of you and transform whatever shadows you're dealing with into such health that it can't be but light to shine and dispel any other shadows away from the people on whatever teams you have in your lives. You have a transforming power to impact people in eternal ways, and that should both inspire us and terrify us equally at the same time. And Jesus wants to be inside of you. On the night he was betrayed, he took simple elements and he reimagined them mm. to inspire us and to lead us. In a moment, we'll have the scripture reader come up and read from Corinthians, the account. We'll have various people come up as just ambassadors to physically remind you that this is a team of people who are all a part of Jesus's body. We use gluten-free bread and we invite anyone who wants to make that personal relationship with Jesus to come to the open table of Christ and not feel anything keeping them away. I'm going to pray over the elements and then we'll continue. Father, we ask you to guide us as we take on Holy Communion to let it remind us that we are part of your team and nothing can separate us from the love of Christ that is in these elements here this morning. We pray your blessing over them and over the word we're about to hear. Amen.